it a couple times. Going end zone. Caught. Dobbs. Touchdown, Green Bay. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by Bet MGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the Bet QL Network. Kevin Broker with the ball this past Sunday. I was in ecstasy watching the Packers. It was delirious yeah. watching the Packers take X? down the Bears. I was on X uh, at the Costos. You were. You, I saw you had your laptop yes. out. You were tweeting. So you were on X? I did. I was on X. I was on X. Uh, absolutely loved it. We loved it. Um, Bears win total under. Packers to to do good things this season. Packers in week number one. You got you to gotta absolutely love it. So that's what we saw in week number one. What will we see in week number two when the Packers travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons? Maybe without Christian Watson and Aaron Jones. And what will we see from the Chicago Bears as they look to get back on track on the road at Todd Bowles, Baker Mayfield, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? That number, Ken? I think it's basically like two and a half across the board, maybe like two point seven five. But you can you can bet the Bears plus two and a half right now if 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 you if you were so inclined. Perhaps our next guest is so inclined to do that, or perhaps not. It is great to welcome back to you better you bet. We'll be joining us on a weekly capacity yet again this football season. Unfortunately, we didn't have him on last week. We were traveling to Las Vegas, but it's awesome to welcome back one of the best follows on Twitter, one of the smartest guys covering the National Football League, our friend Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, co-host of the Sumer Sports uh, Football Show, featuring, among others, former NFL general manager Thomas Dimitrov, a Tim Scanlon client. Uh, Eric, welcome back to You Better You Bet. It's Nick and Ken. Happy week two to you and yours, my friends. You guys as well. I'll forgive you for going to Vegas as long as you guys had a great time. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you guys did. Yeah, I mean, and ended it, <clears throat> excuse me, ended it with a spectacular dinner, which Nick is going to tell a funny story from, I think, and maybe the next segment about mispronouncing the name of a fish, which was very funny. We were at a very good seafood restaurant. So, yeah, I had a great time, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for asking. And obviously, I kind of can do a little bit of week one catch up, but also look ahead to week two. What, what about the Bears? I, we talked about them a lot. We talked about them on Monday maybe being actually the worst team in the league off the Packers game, like even worse than Arizona. Maybe I don't know if you would go that far, but what about the Bears? And then would you ever bet them, especially less than a field goal now, uh, at Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay on Sunday? Yeah, you know, we were we were all high on the Packers. I think every single person with a clue in, in this space has liked the Packers, both long-term and on Sunday. The the Bears always felt to me like their fans were and their and their analysts were all it was like some, you know, Justin Fields with some impressionist painting that, like, you know, our girlfriend took us to the art museum and none of us understood and we were derided for it. Uh, and ultimately, it was just a bunch of paint on a canvas uh, on Sunday. So that was that was confirmation for me. I don't think that they're the worst team in the league, but um, and I and I do like them this week against Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, I, obviously plus three would have been great, um, but a lot of people had that thought as well. So now it's you know less than a field goal. I still think. It's probably closer to a pick 'em than than plus two and a half. Uh, those points aren't worth necessarily as much uh, as, as the full three, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean they struggle on both lines of scrimmages. Like the Packers, like I think Jordan Love was pressured twice uh, on Sunday, and and uh, and then obviously Justin Fields didn't have as much time. I think Rashawn Gary had something like five pressures in ten pass rushing attempts. So that you know to me, uh, you know the lines of scrimmage are going to be the Bears' problems, and that makes sense. I mean when you pick first in the draft. There's a lot of holes on your team. We saw it even if you hit on a quarterback like the Bengals did with Joe Burrow, it takes two or three years for your offensive line to even be competent uh, when you come off of being bad enough where you're the first overall pick. So um, it would never made sense to me that the Bears got as much love as they did. Uh, and, and it's interesting now that we all overreact to the point where they're a field goal dog to a team as bad as Tampa Bay in week two. 
Eric, let's uh, let's pay off this conversation with now going to the other the other team that played on Sunday in that game. That's the Green Bay Packers. They're currently it looks like Atlanta's getting bet a little bit right now. Let's call it Green Bay a one point road favorite at Atlanta. Total forty and a half. It's early in the week, obviously, but on Wednesday today, no Christian Watson, no Aaron Jones at practice for the Green Bay Packers, and obviously that that changes things a little bit. Obviously, like if both of those guys are out, like two best players on the Packers offense, most important players not named Jordan Love. Uh, what do you make of the Packers and the Falcons right now, Eric? Yeah, I, I'm going to be at that game because I'm an Atlanta resident, and I and I love watching uh, two up and coming teams. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Look, when I look at this game, I kind of like the total. I you know, 40 and a half is is the last time I checked. Um, the Falcons were very good defensively on Sunday against the Panthers. They got Jesse Bates caught two. He caught as many passes as, as uh, London and uh, Pitts combined. Um, but um, the Packers are pretty stout defensively still. You know, up front. Uh, so I think they'll pre- they'll put some pressure on Desmond Ritter, but I also think that the Falcons defense was a little bit wind aided by playing a rookie quarterback. And while Jordan Love is is young and inexperienced, I, I think that he's much better than what Bryce Young uh, was last week. Now losing Jones, who's explosive as well as Watson, would be a blow for the Packers and would hurt that over. Um, but I-, I still think 40 and a half indoors. Uh, with with two you know coaches on offense that have lo- you know largely been pretty efficient themselves over the course of their career to me is a little bit low as far as the side I think it's fair I think it, if it closed plus one to minus one on either team uh, it wouldn't offend me you know nearly as much as the Packers closing as a dog last week. Eric with the with the Packers I remember you said a couple minutes ago like every everybody in our space with a pulse liked the Packers to go over their win total thought they would be a little better than the betting market did and through one week that the Packers look a little bit better okay well the opposite side of this a lot of people in the space maybe not everybody but my, I'll throw myself in this after the injury thought the Rams maybe were headed for like a really rough season that sure like McVay is still the coach Stafford still the quarterback man the roster's bad no Cooper Cup maybe for the season we'll see kind of like how things update as we go through the year but man that's gonna they have the potential to really kind of bottom out and be pretty bad and then they just absolutely work Seattle like every which way in the game outperform them in every area of the game every single one uh everybody's like rushing to pick up Puka Nakua if they haven't picked him up in their fantasy league just like it's it was really a jarring result and the the Rams come off that game and I I still feel like people just don't know what they are they're well I'll tell you what they are they're an eight, eight point dog to Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers I mean after one week, like, are you are you upgrading the Rams a lot? How are you treating them the rest of the season? What do you think they'll finish at the end of the year? Like, what about the Rams and what about this game against San Francisco on Sunday? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because, you know, my take on both teams was I still don't – I would not like them over their win total this year. But early in the season, both Tampa Bay and the Los Angeles Rams, I think, are going to be plucky – as long as they have their key pieces. Now, you know, surprisingly, the Rams are missing one of their three best players and were still able to dominate Seattle. Some of that was win- was aided by, you know, both tackles and Tyler Lockett being out for Seattle for a lot of that game. But, you know, a lot of it was just how good Stafford and McVay are. And, and, and so early on, I mean, you know, that's a lot of points for them to be getting at home. I know Shanahan ha- has had McVay's number, but I think early in the season, I'm going to have a hard time fading the Rams or Tampa Bay. Once the injuries start happening, I mean, Tampa Bay has $75 million in dead cap money. Uh, on their, on, so they're just going to have $75 million tied behind their back all season. Once these teams have to get into their depth, I think it's going to be a problem. Once, you know, early in the season, I think that they're going to be, they're going to be spunky. And I think that this week, uh, I, I would not lay it with San Francisco as good as they were last week um, just because, you know, I think that there's overreaction. But, you know, be that as it may, last year, week one, we saw a win 
um, by the Bears by nine over the 49ers. We saw a tie by the Texans. Those two teams were picking one, two, um, you know, come this April. Uh, I, I think that, um, you know, week one, to me, I'm much more likely to dismiss positives out of teams I thought were going to be bad than dismissing negatives out of teams I thought were going to be good. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Wonderful Football Wednesday. Talking week two in the National Football League with our friend Eric Eager from Sumer Sports on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore. Uh, maybe one of those teams, Eric, that you thought was going to be good and had a bad performance in week one was a team that lost to the Rams, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Pete Carroll announcing moments ago that starting tackle Abe Lucas being put on injured reserve. He'll be out for four weeks. Also said Charles Cross, another starting tackle, both second-year players, unlikely to play this week against Detroit. They signed 41-year-old Jason Peters to their practice squad. And now they travel to Detroit to take on the Lions at home, off extra rest, beating the Chiefs in the season opener. However you want to think, anyone wants to think it happened, like it did happen, the Lions did win that game. Yet the point spread hasn't really moved in the last little bit as Pete Carroll making these announcements. Detroit's a five-and-a-half-point home favorite. The total is 47, Eric. What about the Seahawks and the Lions in Motown? Yeah, I, you know, the look-ahead line was minus two-and-a-half for a lot of the summer, and, and then it got up to six. Now, moving from six to five-and-a-half is not insignificant because six now with the extra point is somewhat of a key number. But to your point, like, this is a good lesson for a lot of bettors. You know, the, the market's we're pricing in those losses, right? Like it, it, at least a little bit. Um, and once they're confirmed, then the market moves less than maybe you think because they're pricing it in to begin with. I still think five and a half is a little bit too rich. Last year we saw Detroit in this sort of same matchup be similarly favored against Seattle. That the game actually closed a lot lower, but at times it was near that touchdown spread. And, you know, Without the offensive line, I do. I am more bullish about Detroit in this one, but it is still too many points um, to, to, you know, to be laying against a team like Seattle, which has a good offensive coordinator, has a good quarterback, has good weapons, and there's a difference between giving a team a week to prepare to not have their offensive line and losing an offensive line during the middle of a game. So I'm going to give, if anything, five and a half is a little bit. I would want six. But if you can get six on Seattle, to me, that's, that's the, the side in this one. As much as I like the Lions, as much as the roar has been restored, uh, Seattle's the only one for me. Eric, you mentioned those those look-ahead spreads and how Seattle-Detroit's kind of much different. Obviously, a, another look-ahead to now that's, that's much, much different is this Jets-Cowboys game because of the Aaron Rodgers injury. He's going to be out for the season. Zach Wilson's going to quarterback the team. You would think the rest of the way. We'll see if they sign somebody. But now the, the conversation shifts, right? Because in the offseason, you would talk about this game, the market for this game, and you'd say, just like pick the winner almost. Maybe Dallas a short favorite, but really just picking the winner of the game figured to be a really competitive game. Now the conversation is totally different. The Cowboys are nine and a half point favorites, and now it's just can the Jets be competitive? Can the Jets keep the game close? Can they score enough to maybe just at least have this be a one-possession game in the fourth quarter? Do you think they can do that with Zach Wilson? What about this game with Dallas now? Nine and a half, obviously a big change, uh, and the total still dropping about 38 and a half. Yeah, purely mathematically, this is too much of a move. Not only, I think, you know, there was that article that came out by Ben Fox, but also, like, I think a lot of sharp people just have Rodgers worth about five points or less to the point spread relative to Zach Wilson especially off of last year, especially with an offensive line like what the Jets have, which isn't as good as the one that Green Bay had. Um, and, and additionally, you know, coming off of the look ahead, you're going through key numbers of three and seven. So it's not even just the fact that this was a seven-point move. It's a seven-point move that's actually bigger than that because it goes through the key numbers of three and seven. So to me, you can't lay Dallas in this one. Dallas might come out and just kill them the same way that they did the Jets – or sorry, the Giants. But 
um, from a pure value perspective, the values on the Jets. I don't know if it, it's enough to, if, to me, for me to advise somebody to, to spend their hard-earned money on Zach Wilson, but I, I think if you lay it with Dallas, you're going to be, you're, it's going to be negative EV. Eric, let's go to the Chiefs and the Jaguars um, in Jacksonville. And the Chiefs getting a couple pieces of good news today on this Wednesday. Travis Kelsey back at practice, albeit in a limited fashion, but clearly setting him up to play in the game on Sunday at Jacksonville. Kansas City also announcing Chris Jones will be back in the lineup. Obviously, he was holding in and missed last week's game, the season opener against the Detroit Lions. Kansas City been bet up to a three-and-a-half-point road favorite at the 1-0 Jaguars. Total is 51. What about KC and Jacksonville from Duval? Uh, so, yeah, to me, I think that the only thing that keeps me off the over is the way that the Chiefs like to play football now, which is slower. Like, the Chiefs are one of the more efficient offenses per drive in the NFL now, or have been forever. But the the difference with all these two high looks, and there's a great uh, article by Brooke Pryor this week in The Athletic, or no, I think it was ESPN, which talks about kind of like the lack of deep passes in the NFL and so forth. The Chiefs are the leader there. Like, and they've kind of optimized for a low possession uh, high efficiency game, but if you you know stall out in the red zone and things like that, then the over is so hard to achieve when you have so few possessions. So that that would be what I worry about. I think the Chiefs in the secondary were very good on Thursday night. Um, they mixed and matched, had a lot of players in there. They're they're healthier than I think they came out of the preseason with. So I again, I think most people look at how explosive these two offenses can be and think over. That would be my only excuse for for not looking over. I couldn't take. It's hard for me to take under in a Mahomes game as much as uh, as it pains me to say, you know, as much as, you know, I like unders in general, it's just hard in a Mahomes game. As far as the spread, the, the time to get Kansas City was when it was two and a half. I think at three, three and a half now, there's probably no value on it. Um, and, and if anything, you're getting a home dog crossing that key number um, with a great coach. Last week, Doug Peterson added 13% win probability added over expected on things like fourth downs and two-point conversions and all those kind of decisions. Uh, that and that was highest in football. Andy Reid was actually weirdly, even though you know the two fourth downs were questionable, he does a, he did a good job with his timeouts finally and things like that. But uh, I I think it's it's tough. I think on on that side of three, it's Jaguars or nothing, uh, and it's over or nothing. But they, neither neither bet comes without warts. Eric, is there any other game that we have not yet discussed that you have a thought on, whether it be side or total week number two in the NFL? We have about twenty seconds for the answer. If not, that's okay too. Commanders getting three and a half in Denver was a good look, I think, um, and still is if you can get it. Uh, I just, I think it's just hard to play a team as bad as Arizona and look good. Um, so that that's one that I think that they're sneaky undervalued this week. All right, and uh, yeah, I've been saying I think I think the Commanders have the best quarterback in that game because Russell Wilson's terrible. Uh, Eric is the best. He is on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore. Check out his work over with our friends at Sumer Sports, including the Sumer Sports Football Show, co-hosted by former Atlanta Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. Eric, we sincerely appreciate it. Wishing you the best of luck with your bets this weekend. Have a great time at the Falcons-Packers game, and we'll talk to you next week here on You Better You Bet. Nick, Ken, thanks for having me on. Take care. Our pal Eric Eager joining us here on the show. A lot of commanders love. <laughs> anybody, anybody like Denver in that game? Anybody um, at all? I, I, I definitely don't. I'm not looking yeah, at Russell either. Wilson. To, to, to I'm going to root for Washington margin. at least. Need Washington uh, in the game. On, Let's get to win number the, two. Yeah. On the other side, a little bit more at move for week number two and the games that Ken and I have already bet for week number two.